You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brannon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's conversation, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Brooke, who is the advertising director for Herbage Magazine here in Oklahoma. He's got a lot of heart and passion for life in general, and we're excited to pick his brain and get to know him better while he shares with us what his journey has been like with cannabis and how it's impacted his life. So please welcome Brooke to the Cannabis Hangout. Hello, how's it going? Hey, Brooke. Man, so excited to be here. I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here with us today and share your journey. We're super excited. So let's dive right in. Tell us where your cannabis journey first began, the first time you smoked, that first experience. Ooh, um, I want to say I was probably about 13, 12, you know, 12, 13 in that general area. Um, Probably the first time I smoked, but that wasn't the first time, like, I was around cannabis. Mm -hmm. Growing up, uh, my uncles and family, they always smoked cannabis, grew cannabis, I mean, everything, right? And uh, my uncle Frank specifically would always be like, yo, Brookie, go roll me some joints. Shout out to to Uncle Frank. (laughs) Shout out to Uncle Frank, right? And uh, so, you know, 10, 11 years old, I would roll up a joint for him. And give it to him. Mm-hmm. Well, then once I hit, you know, I was probably 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. Finally, one day he was like, you want to hit this? I was like, of You've been course. rolling them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, of course. And, and I just remember being like, oh, like, this is that warm feeling. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I got it instantly. And uh, I mean, since then. That's great. That's cool, over. though. I feel yeah. like that's um, a unique like upbringing with family like you it's don't really have thing. like I don't you don't always hear people like I had my uncles growing weed like we were all surrounded by it yeah. like most people aren't like here son go roll me a joint you know yeah. I feel like it's you would so, be Uncle Frank yeah yeah you would be I Uncle would. Frank I definitely <laughs> would yeah but was, I, mean, I think that's cool though yeah that's really like, cool that's how it should be are you passing that to me mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah no <laughs> I mean it was really cool it was it was just something I grew up around um yeah. so it's never been like a drug to me you know it was just always plant medicine yeah for yeah. sure definitely plant fun. medicine like you knew mm-hmm. you know somebody was gonna go smoke it to call yeah them or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah yeah okay i think i know the answer to this and just in general but what is your preferred way to consume cannabis for anyone listening uh definitely blunts um, <laughs> hey blunt yeah. boy yeah big I, blunt yeah i um i like to you know smoke backwoods or i've really been on these brothers broadleafs yeah really, really good like, Brothers Broadleaf. Yeah, you can get two and one, really. Mm. Um, so if you're if you're decent at what you're doing, you can get. Yeah. Sob, Sob's the blunt roller up there it's between the two now. of us. Right. Yeah. I really like joints. You can too, teach though. me. We can go to class. Yeah, of we course. can go to school. Yeah, of course. No. See, joints are. I'm out on joints. Well, it depends. It depends, obviously, on the person rolling the joint. But usually, I'm out on joints. I like joints specifically, like with a tip. Yes. You know, like yes. rolling it with a tip yes. or like with a noodle. That's a noodle. Um, you just take like a pasta noodle and put it in your joint. What? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's old school. All right, tell us about this. Um, what kind of noodle? Well, so, you know, I had done it before, but recently I came across somebody um, who, you know, really kind of 
uh, I would say probably started it, right? Yeah. Started kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I really just enjoy it. It just creates a nice little airflow. And so you just take like a rigatoni or whatever kind mm-hmm. of noodle it is, right? And just put it right in there and Interesting. It it creates like a little filter. Ooh, I have noodles mm. at home. I'm about to do that. Come on. We should try like, it with a blind. A, um, do you want to watch like a YouTube video before? No, I'm just going to wing it. Okay. I like to wing like things before I, right <laughs> before I do research. I'm hitting delete. It's actually um, Jason, <laughs> Jason from the Holy Goat. You guys should have him out sometime. He, yeah. Awesome dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So when you're shopping for flour, what do you look for? What's important to you? Um, you know, I, me, I lean towards uh, living soil, organic flour. Um, I, uh, I tend to, um, I really, I, I like gelatos mm-hmm. and my flavors, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but then I like heavy smokes like GMOs and stuff like that too as well. Um, but I, I tend to go for more of a craft mm-hmm. um, selection. Um, I, it's... It's like, it's like if somebody was drinking wine mm-hmm. to me, right. you know. So I, I, I like this one for this. I like this one for that, and I'm very particular mm-hmm. on those. And when I go outside of that, it kind of, it you can feel it. I'm yeah. in tune with my, yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah. tune with my body. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like, oh, that gave me a headache. Oh, that's what gave me a headache. Yeah, you know, it right. was it was that because I normally don't smoke that. Yeah, that's how I am with like it. orange terpenes. I don't like orange terpenes. I love them. I feel like they give me, like, headaches. I'm super weary of them. Or not even, like, headaches, but they just make me feel weird. Like, I just don't like the high on them. I love them. I love that clementine. See, no, I'm out on that. Yeah. Out on that. But I love, like, GMO brand knows. GMO is my favorite. I'm a hoe for GMO. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. go. So uh, Mm -hmm. cannabis makes us feel good in so many different ways. What would you say you really enjoy doing after you have a good smoke? You know, um, really, I uh, I really like to, like, cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, it's kind of like a therapy in a sense. So I enjoy, like, having some, you know, good smoke and then yeah. cook in. And What's your go-to I, meal to cook? Um, man, maybe probably some tacos. Ooh, you know, like yeah. some steak tacos. Yeah. Just keep it real simple. Um, we talking, like, street taco style? Yeah, street taco style, Bomb. for sure. Love for that. sure. Some homemade guac. Mm. You know, something simple but clean. Brooke, cook for us. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. Seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that, and I like being around people, you know. So um, I like being active and, mm-hmm. and doing things. And, um, you know, you get a lot from being around other good, positive people and, like, energies <laughs> and just it's real. When you get into a group of people, it can be real synergistic. Yes. And so, like, I like to keep that group of people around mm-hmm. me. And then, you know, if we find like-minded people, like, hey, come, yeah. like, come hang out. All, come hang out. Yeah. Like, so that's what it's about to me. That's cool. You yeah. have a very inviting energy. I <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, you know, seem like you could make friends with anybody. You know, um, I grew up in a real big city. Yeah. So, uh, I Where'd you in, grow up? I grew up in Houston. Okay, and, I love Houston. Um, yeah, Houston. I love Houston. Uh, I, you know, I, I went to high school in Oklahoma, so that's where the roots come from. But, um, yeah, uh, growing up in Houston, it's, one of the you know, fourth largest cities, I think, mm-hmm. in the United States. So it was like a melting pot you know, of like yeah. cultures and people. And so I just had to adapt to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so it made me in life yeah. like, be real inviting and opening to, you know, other people. That's because, a really great skill set to yeah. have. Yeah. Not everyone has that. And right. I feel like that's so unique because being able to, I feel like we talked about this earlier, being able to just talk to anybody yeah. and like connect with them so easily, like is not, 
Like, I'm easy to talk to, but, like, I'm very shy, and I just, like, don't like talking a lot. Right. Which is ironic because I'm on a podcast, <laughs> but... <laughs> you just contradicted the fuck out of yourself. I know, but, like, if I'm in a room with people, like, right. I don't feel the need to talk. Like, I'm not going to be, like... Sometimes I just get in my head, you know, mm-hmm. just, just a weirdo. Yeah, I just yeah. be chilling. I'm, I'm an observer. Like, I like yeah. to observe my surroundings, and then when Same. I feel comfortable, then, you'll, then I'll come out, yeah. and I'll, like, start... You know, cracking some hot out to play. <laughs> yeah. The Jeez. alien in me comes out. I'm like one of those people, if I walk into a room or I'm already in a room and it gets quiet, mm-hmm. I have to, like, say something. Yeah. I, I just have to be, like, I mean, it, it could be something completely off the wall. <laughs> um, but I just, I kind of have to break that silence. Ice, yeah. Um, just because I know somebody inside their head is like, oh, somebody said something. Somebody <laughs> yeah. Said something. But nobody will. Nobody's nobody going nobody to. So you just have Leave to. Leave it to you. And, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. Take charge of the situation. I mean, it's good, though. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's, it's great. It's <laughs> so we recognize that this plant is an ally and a tool for so many people around the world. What's this plant done for you, and how do you feel like it's shifted your perspective? Um, you know, honestly, this plant saved my life. Um, I wouldn't be here, you know, without it. Um, I went through a bunch of different things at a young age, drugs, friends dying, um, just the lifestyle that kind of, you know, came Mm -hmm. with that. And, um, you know, I always found a community, um, in cannabis, you know, and, uh, when, when times were rough and just, all through life, right? I could always come together with people through through cannabis, yeah. and then um, you know, uh, once I once I went through a whole bunch of stuff in life, I decided I was like, oh, you know, I should I should probably try and get sober and you know straighten up my life. You know, I did that for you know a couple years, and uh, I was still fucking wreck. You know, I was still like miserable and uh, sober, and I was like, man, you know. There was something when I was younger that really helped the way that I feel right now, right? And I was like, I was smoking pot. Yeah. It was cannabis, mm-hmm. you know? And so I incorporated that back into my life, and it it really helped me. Um, I feel like if this plant was, you know, legal 10 years ago, most of my friends would still be alive. Um, yeah. And so <coughs> I, I think that answered no, the that question. Did. You yeah, know, it did. Um, that answered great. It's uh, it, it it means everything to me. It's it saved me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Beautiful. Yeah. With that being said, at what point did cannabis become more than just getting high, and that you could see the medicinal value in it? Um. <clears throat> so I used to work for a drug and alcohol treatment center um, in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like a registered psychotherapist. Um, and so I held groups and different stuff like that for clients. Um, and, you know, we would have people come into the treatment center and, you know, they're trying to get sober, trying to clean up their act. And, uh, you know, one of the first things the physicians and doctors would do is prescribe them to, you know, medication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being uh, what they would say, you know, California sober, right? Mm-hmm. Smoking cannabis and being sober yeah. um, while working, you know, for this treatment center, I would, I would pick up on this, mm-hmm. and I was really, you know, close with the owner, and I would, I would have talks with them, like, hey, you know, why do we do it like this? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it just a instant? Hey, here's Prozac and Paxil, and you know, whatever else you need, just to be chill. <clears throat> and I was like, why aren't we putting people on like, 
natural herbs and spices mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, you know, hemp proteins and curcumins, you know, um, stuff to help with their gut, you know. Um, and even, you know, why don't we, like, tell them, hey, I know you're doing drugs, but, like, if you could just, like, go home and smoke a little bit of yeah. cannabis and just chill out a little bit, you'd, you'd probably be okay. Feel a little you better, know, you'd probably yeah. feel a little bit better. And, you know, he'd just be like, man, we got doctors to pay. And it would just kind of be like, Ugh. Ugh, you know, and, yeah. and so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I had some, uh, you know, stuff going on in life. And, you know, my mom reached out to me and, you know, needed help from her son. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was back home right here in, in Oklahoma. And I decided to come out here. And, you know, during that time, I'm like, so what do I what do I need to do to help people but do it out here? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, OK, cannabis is legal. Right. Like this is the community that I always like lacked or I always look for, you know, in doing drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, To like numb that pain or whatever. And uh, I found it, you know, uh, through this community, you know. And so I decided just to jump in and connect as many people as I can to this plant and through uh, plant medicine and um, just a healthier way of life. You know, because I think a lot of people just lack that community that yeah. like I don't fit in and this plant brings everybody all know, sorts together. of people yeah. together yeah, that's our sure. favorite thing Brian I, I talk know. about it all the time we're like we love that we've gotten to meet so many unique people yeah. and we've all connected over a plant yeah. and it's like, it's like strangers we probably would not run into or talk um, on the side of the road with right. but then like go ahead and step into my house I never met you but right. it's podcast yeah yeah well, really <laughs> you know I've been you know, smoking for a long time and um you know, I, I remember, like, traveling, right? And you could always, like, pick out your friends because you could, like, yep. you mm-hmm. could smell it and be like, oh, okay, like, I'm I'm in the right part of I'm time. just going to hang know? with this guy right here. Yeah, like, oh, the, these guys are probably cool. And nine yeah. times out of ten, you'd walk up to those people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and lo and behold, they yeah. were cool and probably had some good weed. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's that's the community. Yeah, community so big it. with cannabis. For sure. So um, you said you moved back for your mom, so... We all have different family dynamics. Has your family been supportive of your consumption and what you do? Yeah, my um, my family is super, super supportive. My uh, mom just adores it. She loves <laughs> it. Uh, she's so proud of me. My, oh, my family's super I proud of me. I love that. Um, I've been able to, like, get my mom off of, like, 10 different medications Amazing. through uh, cannabis wow. and, uh, you know, microdosing mm-hmm. psilocybin and yeah. stuff like that. And it's really, really helped. And so my family's super supportive. I remember, you know, being, you know, 15, 16 and, you know, my family being like, you know, you're the, you're the stoner, you yeah. know, of, mm-hmm. of the family, you know, and, and my uncles were too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, I, like, kind of took that on, and, you know, certain people in the family would be like, you need to straighten up, you know, and this and that. But I was always doing, you know, really pretty good. And that, to me, was the leveler, Mm -hmm. you know, was was cannabis. That's what kept me level. Anytime I went astray from that was because I probably stopped smoking. (laughs) So, yeah, my family's super, super supportive. That's awesome. um, It's just a really great feeling. Yeah, that is, because I feel like not everyone gets to experience yeah. that, especially yeah. with, because cannabis can also be dividing with families, right. and yes. it's it shouldn't be a big thing, but it becomes such a big thing. So the fact that you have your family support, I feel like, is so, it just fuels your fire even more, yeah, you, know? you know? And they, they, you know, they ask me questions. You yeah. know, of course. Like, you know, so, 
you know, what do I need to look for? What do I need to look out yeah. for? I saw this. Uh, you know? That's like important, though. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, trust uh, it. You know, I had to, like, teach my mom how to go purchase uh, flour yeah. properly, mm-hmm. right? So my mom's on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. You know, I do what I can to help my mom and everything like that. But, you know, my mom lives way out Grand Lake area. Yeah. <laughs> and so being on a fixed income, she'll go into a dispensary and, you know, she's – she really enjoys what I smoke, right? right. And so she's like, I go in there, but that's, you know, it's, it's expensive mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And and so I had to tell her, well, go into your dispensary that you normally go to and just say, hey, when your grower comes in here, will you ask them if you can have the smalls too? And she's like, well, what's that? And I'm like, it's just that same flower that just you see. Just the smaller above. version. It's just the smaller buds. And I was like, it's at a better price point typically. And so my mom went and did that. And, like, you know, the dispenser, you know. And so now she knows, like, oh, I can go get that Mm -hmm. same quality. It's the same pheno, same thing. Yeah, exact same thing, just smaller buds. And you're going to grind it up anyway, so. And, you know, it fits her budget. Yeah. And so she can still get that medicine. I think that's so cool cool. that you have that relationship with your mom and you've gotten to, like, help heal with her and help heal her. Oh, yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's so beautiful for y'all's relationship because as she gets older, like, she's only going to get more and more into cannabis and just, like, you know, all the things. And that's because of you, and that's just a bond in itself. I mean, again, community, but, like, what's more community than your family? Right, for sure. That's awesome. Exactly, yeah. So well-spoken. Yes. So, Brooke, you have a background in drug and alcohol counseling, and I already know that's a big job to have, and it takes a special person with a certain, like, mental capacity, I feel like, to be able to listen and to guide others through their own struggles. Can you elaborate and shed a little bit of light on what that looked like for you and how you were able to help others maybe transition to a more natural way of healing? Yeah. um, Well, for me, I just, I had a lot of trauma, right? I went through a lot of different stuff, um... And so I had to heal from all that trauma. So I had to, you know, do all the work. Mm-hmm. I had to do I had to do all of that healing and, and during that time, you know, um I would see other people helping other people, mm-hmm. right? And um for me, uh I just became so drawn to to helping other people because that's how I help myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was so selfish for so long, like all I cared was like me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And so once I stopped doing all that shit, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and straighten out my thinking, like I had to start thinking differently and mm-hmm. I had to start putting other people before me mm-hmm. in the right ways. Right. And I found the best way was just being selfless and like always helping other people. And so uh, naturally... Um, I was gravitated to, you know, try and, you know, become like a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in like, um, I did like the AANA meeting stuff, trying to, you know, figure out what I needed to do to like heal as a person, right? And so in those rooms, I like figured out like, oh, I can help other people and like guide them yeah, through that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I did that kind of in my own ways. I did it, you know, through those rooms, obviously, but... After time, I found out that they weren't too cannabis friendly, you know, Um, and I always have been cannabis friendly. There was times, you know, throughout my life when I didn't, but I was always unstable, you know, it it wasn't cool. And so I, um, you know, I just, I really was like, uh, really what it was is I went and shared my story um, at a really, really nice treatment center um, in Colorado and, uh, you know, 
instantly I left and the owner of the treatment center called me and he said, what do I got to do? How do I hire you? And, you know, I was like, oh, dang, like I could do this, you know, for a living. Right. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I did it. I I just was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so uh, I, I did everything that I, you know, needed to do. I did all the, the tests and qualifications and certifications and everything like that to become, you know, a, a registered psychotherapist and, you know, run groups and be a drug and alcohol counselor. And um, it just, it changed me. Yeah. Um, and I was able to change some help, you know, yeah. people decided to yeah. change for themselves, but I was able to like guide them, you know, through that. Yeah. And in turn, it's made me so eternally grateful. That's you fucking know. rad. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. So doing work on ourselves and turning inward is where the magic happens. Do you feel like that and using cannabis and finding the value in such a healing plant has been life-changing for yourself? Yes, yes. Um, I couldn't think of, like, a better, like, combination, right? Yeah. Like, self-care, self-help, mm-hmm. like, doing all the work and cannabis and maybe even a little microdose. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, just... Mm-hmm really really like be in tune with yourself and like I think it's so easy for people to like hold on to like traumas you know and yeah it's like we have trauma but like work through it and like you can recognize trauma and it can always kind of be there Mm -hmm. but like you can live through that yeah it doesn't you are not your trauma Mm -hmm. unless you make yourself your trauma yeah um and so I found you know through doing that kind of mixture it's been the best Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Saab, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. That's good. (laughs) So to flip the script a little bit, you're the advertising director for Herbage Magazine Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma. What's your favorite part about doing what you get to do? You guys always seem like you have really good time. Yeah. um, You know, I love every bit of what we get to do. I don't ever take anything that I do around this plant for granted, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's really changed me as a person and I am who I am because of it. Um, but I would say, you know, being a part of this, uh, magazine, you know, it's a grassroots magazine, Oklahoma, you know, and, um, one of the best things is like getting to, uh, share people's stories. You know, you connect with certain people and, um, getting to like share those stories. I'm a big story person. I can tell stories all day and listen to (laughs) stories all day. Right. Um, but when you like, you connect with somebody and say you do something in the magazine with them and then like you show that to them and then they're just like, wow, you know, like, whoa, whoa, like this is like, can I, can I have a couple so I can like take them to my mom and my family Mm -hmm. and like, you know, people are really, really proud of themselves and, you know, they should be, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing really great things here and it's just like holding on to a piece of history. Yeah. Um, and so just, I'm a people person, so being yeah. able to be around, like, 
all these amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't ask to be in a better job. Yeah. That's awesome. So as director of the magazine, what's the advertising director? What's your job look like day to day? Um, you know, I am constantly, um, you know, talking with, uh, you know, new people, um, whether it's new grows, mm-hmm. new dispensaries. Um, I, I get all, you know, different kinds of emails, stuff like that. Um, when it comes to people wanting to advertise throughout the magazine, I have to, you know, kind of prioritize that mm-hmm. in between going and touring, you know, facilities. And it's it's really a, a day-to-day grind. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a whole month. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you pack all this stuff into a month and you're, you got this appointment this day and then mm-hmm. this podcast. It makes you and, have to hustle. Yeah, yeah, you have to hustle. You yeah. have to hustle. And in between that, you know, you still have to do your life. Lifestyle, um, yeah. And, and and I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't take any of it for granted um, because it's communication. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to communicate with people yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. Um and that's like what I I feed off of that, yeah. you know, um, because like we come across people all the time. You know, we'll walk into a dispensary um, that we you know uh, do business with, right? And uh, you know, go say hi to them and everything like that. And you know, one of them could be having a bad day, and you just go in and say a couple of things, and yeah. then before you know it, they're you know in a whole different mood. They're in a whole yeah. different mood, and it's just because. The little things. Just the little things. And so just being a part of all those little things, it's amazing. Um, But, yeah, it's just busy. (laughs) Yeah, so the mechanics of what you do. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, a month's worth of content is not easy. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, so how do you, like, how does planning go? Like, is it you go month, like, at the beginning of the, like, because obviously you can't plan for like if it's October first, you're not going to start planning for the month on October first, yeah. right? Like you're yeah. premeditating that. So how do you find the content and like how do you stay inspired to like, you know, just keep finding people? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know it's just. I mean, so we're planning, you know, uh, in advance. You know, yeah. like so we plan out the issue before the issue is released, right? Yes. So, um, you know, the 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 magazine, you know, will fill up. Right. And so we have to continue to like plan and, and I don't just do the magazine, you know, as well. Um, you know, we, um, we do like herbage golf. Um, and so organizing, you know, the golf tournament or different events throughout herbage, Mm -hmm. um, it's just really staying organized. Um, you know, um, uh, we recently picked up uh, an amazing assistant, Josie. She, she helps us. Shout out to Josie. Yeah. Shout out, you know, because it's really hard to stay like, you know, yeah. organized, and and I'm very particular about mm-hmm. those things. But even sometimes, like somebody would be like, "Oh, hey, you know, uh, the 28th would be a perfect day to come out to the grow. Everything's in flower, good to go." And I'm like, "Sweet, okay, cool." And then I'll be doing something, mm-hmm. and I won't put it on the calendar. Yeah. And then, like, you know, two days before, I'll be like, "Hey, you know, you you ready to go out to you know so and so?" And you know, James will be like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot to put it in the calendar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it happens sometimes. Yeah, but that's, does. you know, that's why it takes a team. Yeah. You know, it's an, I don't just do it myself, you know. Right, it, yeah. It, it takes a team, and um, it's really cool. It's it's a lot of people, you know, <clears throat> they're, um, they're really trying to, to, to get out there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of people um, are already out there. 
and have just been super quiet. Mm-hmm. And it, they're like, you know, it's like time to show love to them. Yes. Because there's like, there's so much history out here in Oklahoma. And like, I know like us, right, as like Oklahomans or Okies or, you know, we're, we kind of have, like, blinders sometimes to, like, people that aren't really, like, from here, yeah. you know? And a lot <laughs> of times those people bring a lot of history, yes. right? A yes. lot, right. a lot of mm-hmm. history. And, you know, if we could just kind of open our eyes to some of that. Not like, hey, everybody come out, you know? Yeah, like, no, but it's but... like there's a lot more than just what we have here. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's amazing to be a part of. That's awesome. So do you feel like prior to how long have you been working for Herbage? Um Let me start with that question before I follow up with my three next months one. Now. Three months? Yeah. Okay. Two so months, prior months. to let's and since this is still fairly fresh, yeah. prior to working for the magazine, do you feel like your perspective on not just the industry but the plant has shifted? Um and not necessarily in a negative way, but like obviously in a very positive way. Like do you feel like it's impacted you and you're like oh this is a different perspective of the plant that I've never even like thought about before yeah no I so before I was with Herbage I um I create an event um I was a co-creator of an event in Tulsa um called the Throwdown Bazaar Mm -hmm. um we did you know six seven different ones I think it was um and it was really just connecting patients with the makers of their medicine yeah you know um so doing this same kind of thing and and in that time, I gained a lot of relationships yeah. um, because, you know, there was times when things didn't go, you know, always As right planned, and you yeah. had to yeah. fix it. And mm-hmm. I happened to be the one who was always, you know, kind of fixing it and maintaining those relationships, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a people person, right. you know. And then over time, you know, stuff changes, ethos, you know. Yeah. And I just, I had to back out. Yeah. And then, you know, I transitioned to, you know, come and, and do this with Airbridge and it's been the best thing ever that's yeah. awesome so, it's cool the experiences you get when you get to go into grows and stuff yeah. and like all over the state too right. which is yeah. awesome because it's you i feel like you that's get an to appreciation reach. in a different way like being yeah. able to just walk through the grows and like but also i feel like job. it's like you get to grow mm-hmm. you get to tour grows that are so untapped yeah. because mm-hmm. they're in small towns and i mean there's so many there's thousands of growers in oklahoma so it's right. like how do you reach the one that's in chickasha Right. You know, if you're in the city, if I'm like on 63rd of May, how the heck am I supposed to reach the grower in Chickasha if they're only selling to either dispensaries in Chickasha around the, you know, around the mm-hmm. nearby area or just like random ones in Oklahoma City that I would never go to. Right. So it's right. cool that you have that experience and that you're able to spread that out to other people, especially as a lover of living soil, mm-hmm. because I mean, that's what I look for. And, like, I crave to try new growers that try different methods because everyone does different things and puts different energy into their flower. Right. You know? And so I think that's really cool that you get to do that. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing. For sure. Cherry on top. Yeah, yeah absolute cherry, cherry on top. On top. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So what's something you really enjoy about the cannabis market here in Oklahoma? Uh, the quality. Um, that's a quick answer. Yeah. 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 The quality. Um, well, you know, uh, to me, there's... I go, I go for, you know, certain, certain, what I would say is quality. Yes. Right? Um, yes. Certain people, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, certain cultivars, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and Oklahoma definitely has it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, great people all over the nation, you know, mm-hmm. doing really great things with cannabis and, 
there's some really heavy hitters out here in Oklahoma. There are. You know. Got yeah. some really good growers. Yeah. That's pretty, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you, is there on the flip side of that then, what do you think we could improve on, like in Oklahoma, community-wise, um, just a general whatever? You know, um, I there's, you know, always, we could. Always room for. Yeah, let's just say there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Right? I think we could, um, you know, try and figure out standards. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say let's like test the testing labs, mm-hmm. you know, yes. <laughs> because there's like people that like come up and they're like, oh, this is 33 percent and, you know, 3 mm-hmm. percent terps. And I'm like, OK, well, did you test the testing facility? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because like, do we what the yeah. trust? There, what? I right. Know. right. What and do you mean? <laughs> so if if we could like dial in on like stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd be, you know, good to go. Yeah. Um, maybe like. I don't know. This might be crazy, but ban CRC. Yeah. You know, that might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not very good for you. No. No, it's not. But, you know, it's... it's The more you know, but people yeah, don't know that. People right. don't know to look for that. And yep. when it comes to research and education with cannabis, one, there's so many, I feel like, obviously it's still being researched, so a lot of opinions, but two, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Because there's so much out there. That it's like, where do I start? And then how do you hone in? And then you have to, like, go through. I feel like where you really, in my opinion, really learn are, like, the threads. Because that's real people in real time giving their real-life experiences. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I didn't just get educated, you know, um, overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, grew up with my uncles, you know, growing and, you know, different stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, I really learned a lot of stuff, like, through this industry, mm-hmm. you know. And as you learn more and more, you your your eyes open to some of the things right. and you're like oh, okay well i'm gonna stay away from that yeah and i'm gonna lean towards this yes mm-hmm. i know i've seen myself go in waves of yeah. like brands or quality you know mm-hmm. from like the very beginning of when i started mm-hmm. until yeah. now and it's like how i evolved with standards yeah. i feel like i know that if i go for like a organic living soil that my um experience is gonna take me a little further and last a little bit longer yeah yeah and so just by knowing that, I'm going to lean towards that. Always. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. You do what's best for what works for your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like you can tell the difference too, though. When you've been consistently smoking living soil, then you smoke something that's a little not that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell the difference. And in my humble opinion, the high is different too. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people, you know, using salts and, yeah. and mm-hmm. everything like that that really know what they're doing mm-hmm. like yes. really really yeah. know what they're yes. doing yes. and uh you know got good flushes and just dialed Absolutely in agree. Mm-hmm. dialed mm-hmm. in um and i enjoy those too yeah yes i just it's like to me it's like if i'm gonna go get you know some people like whiskey some people like wine some mm-hmm. people like you know bud light yeah right <laughs> i don't really like bud, bud light, light. <laughs> This girl. <laughs> That's what's at home always. Well, you know. We're going to be drinking Bud Light in the country. <laughs> come on now. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, Stop right? putting me on blast. Well, come on for now. a podcast. <laughs> She's like, hold on, let's shotgun one. <laughs> I actually got yeah. one. Stone Cold Steve Austin it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's awesome. So do you have any advice that you'd like to pass on to somebody listening that you wish someone else would have shared with you? Um. Yeah, you know, just uh, stay true and just, like, be yourself. Don't try and be like anybody else. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you are per- 
perfect, right? Like I just try and speak positivity into everything that I do and Mm -hmm. people that I uh, come into, you know, contact with, right? Um, So just uh, find a lane, you know, and Mm -hmm. stay stay in in it. it. uh, (laughs) Jinx. Yeah, you know. You already got me a Coke. and And I don't, and I, yeah, right. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, um, I just, I think if you can really figure out, you know, what your thing is Mm -hmm. and you can do that thing well and do your thing 21. Yeah. Hey. You know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so, I mean, I, I wish somebody, I hopefully nobody told me do your thing 21. (laughs) Yeah. Just, uh, you know, stay true. Stay positive. Yeah. You know, keep keep Mm on pushing. Yeah. So we ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma you would like to see changed revolving cannabis? Um, I would say cannabis and sobriety. That's a good um, one. I would say mm-hmm. people uh, recognizing that you can consume cannabis and be a sober person. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you can be a sober person and be on uh, four different antidepressants, then somebody else can be a sober person cannabis right that's really yeah. good so, no one has said that no Friday that's a good cannabis. one yeah yeah that's and that's so real People i think about resonate. that often yeah i think about that that's often. good it's yeah. a it's a it's and it's a it's a difficult one yeah, yeah. it it's is like, it's a it's a hard one because it's i feel like there is mm-hmm. a fine line where it's like well if they get high yeah. then will it trigger other things but it's like it doesn't have to right because if you do it right and within you know like a proper Medicinal. educational medicinal like right. safe Edu- space yeah. it doesn't have to yeah lo- exactly exactly you know whatever mm-hmm. for whatever. sure yeah. absolutely well brooke i think this wraps up our episode for today sweet thank you for blessing us with your presence <laughs> yes, and all you. of your like yeah, knowledge both of you like it's yes, thank uh, you for being this here. has been really really fun and uh, it's just been a blast yeah we really appreciate you just like sharing your conversation like just everything about you and and I'm, i know someone listening is gonna feel inspired yes naturally so um yes. thank that's you. very sweet thank yeah. you very much both 100%. Of you. is there anything you'd like to ha- say before we hop off no, <laughs> no? okay no pressure yeah. no, no pressure like, thank, you. thank you absolutely well guys thanks for tuning in to today's episode and keep your eyes peeled for next week's and as always stay medicated Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.